station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, movie investigative mo- reporter, Melissa Kersher. Hello. And movie, I'm going to say, cub reporter. Okay. Um, which, I'm you know, cub. cub reporters are good. They're spunky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm spunky. Yeah. <laughs> cub reporter, Jenny Young. Yay, that's me. And we are here to watch the movie Spotlight. Yes. So, Jenna, as always, we have to start the podcast by saying, yo, Jenna, what do you know about the movie Spotlight? Uh, it, it, it has to do with Hollywood. Hollywood. It has Hollywood. to do with <laughs> okay. Hollywood. Yeah. So, okay. That's all I remember. Spotlight. And I'm probably remembering it wrong. Spotlight uh, has to do with Hollywood. That's what Jenna remembers. Well, I don't know if I want to give away too much. Uh, or was it, it Broadway? Uh, Shit. <laughs> God damn it. I can't remember. Well, it, uh, I'm just going to say that when uh, uh, Jenna walked in tonight... Uh, Pat said that she was very much looking forward to watching this movie, which was a uh, documentary about Broadway. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I'm going to go with that one. I need to point out that what Pat said was a complete lie. Okay. It was a complete lie. This, this, this oh, movie, man. I'm remembering all sorts of things back then. This, this movie has I can't literally... Even get Pat's lies correct. Nothing to do with, Holly, uh, with Hollywood or Broadway, okay. uh, although most of the people that appear in the film have worked in Hollywood, and mm-hmm. probably many of them have also also worked on Broadway, so okay. uh, that piece of it, I guess, will <laughs> will will give you. A, but the rest of it, pretty much, no. It has something uh, to do with Hollywood in that it won Best Picture this it year. It did oh, win yeah. uh, Best Picture, yeah, nice. uh, the Best Picture Oscar for 2016, mm-hmm. beating out uh, The Revenant, which most people assumed mm-hmm. was going to be uh, the winner. But they, uh, I did know this was the Oscar winner. They were wrong. So. Uh, this uh, movie is, as they like to say, based on a true story, mm-hmm. based on true events. Uh, and it is, I think, a lot more factual than most movies that say it, they're it, based on true events. As far as I know, it is extremely true to uh, what actually happened. As a matter of fact, the actual uh, people these actors are playing were usually on set. Uh, mm. And uh, one of them was was in the audience at the Oscars. One of them was in the audience at the Oscars, even. Oh. And uh, it's recent history, so it's uh, you know pretty much everybody's around to say, "Hey, you're wrong about that." So they they're pretty close to what uh, actually happened. And yeah, yeah. So um, what else? So other trivia yeah. that we can say about this movie before we watch it is this is the movie that Melissa. And my wife, Pat, went to see while Jenna and I were watching The Hateful Eight. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because there weren't enough seats in the theater. Ah. (laughs) And uh, I have seen this movie as well. I actually watched it the night before the Oscars. It, Mm -hmm. It came out on DVD and I'm like, you know what? 16 bucks and I get to watch one of the movies that's up for Best Picture that I haven't seen yet. So uh, this will be a repeat watching for me. Yeah, and, uh, and as well for and, me. And, and also for Melissa. And it's it's a fantastic movie. It's very, very, very good. Pat and I, immediately after watching the movie in the theater, were like, that was good. <laughs> like, you know, we knew it was going to be good, but it's like really good. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid movie. Great it's script, a, great performance. It's a chewy. It's Oof. it's 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 meaty. It's a yeah. meaty Ooh. movie. Yeah, you can chew the hell out of this film. Like steak. 
like it's uh, yeah yeah like, like a really properly done steak yeah uh, not, not well done I'm, whatever I'm talking, whatever like, whatever rare, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever properly yeah. done is for yeah. you if your yeah. favorite steak is well done then it is well done if your favorite and, you're, and you're wrong, wrong if you like well done steak well that's but, just know, it's, it's just, a waste of steak if you want well done meat <laughs> eat something else I just don't understand people <laughs> Tim, Tim and I will be splitting that t- steak tartare yeah. steak tartare that's right okay yeah. so uh, having told Jenna I believe at this point almost. Almost nothing. nothing about the film, and you are <laughs> I listeners. I am looking forward to the singing and dancing. And you are listeners who who probably uh, almost certainly know more about this film than Jenna. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, you wait, never this know. is a movie, right? It yeah. is a movie. Okay, it is a movie. Movie. It's and, not a documentary. Uh, yeah, because yeah. if it was a documentary, it couldn't win Best Picture. And all I'm going to say <laughs> is, uh, I've already decided what the transition music is going to be for this movie, and it is totally, totally a bad choice. And I, I'll explain why. I chose it when we come back. So we're going to go watch the movie and we'll be back after this interesting transition music that I've set up, which is interesting. I've never set up the transition music. You're an awful human being. I I am. You know what I'm going to do, don't you? I know exactly what you're going to do. God damn it. Well, (laughs) we'll be back. Enjoy Spotlight. Turn on your hot light. Let it shine wherever you go. Let it for all the world to see Turn on your hot light And we are back. Many ups have been covered. Many mm. investigations have been investigated. And uh, <laughs> we have have not solved uh, the problem of, of abuse in yeah. the Catholic Church. But, God damn it. Yeah. Shine a light on it, as it were. A spotlight? Whoa, crazy. All right, so, so uh, Jenna, the movie was not uh, at all about Broadway. Or... I know, there was no Broadway or musicals. No. I was, I was very unhappy. There were no jazz hands. Now, we did um, tell you that before we started watching the movie. We I like, was still hoping for jazz hands somewhere in the movie. And there were none. So, well, yeah. Leah Schreiber has Tony Awards. From oh, there the we stage, go. so right. you know, yeah. if, that, if that helps, I did. you know, a tiny bit, yeah. Yeah. a little bit, a little okay. bit. All right. Uh. So, uh, tell us what you thought of Spotlight. I think I vaguely remember this coming up a lot around the the like early two thousands time period. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I remember hearing just more and more and more and more and more um, <clears throat> about uh, cover ups in the church. Mm-hmm. So. Um, like as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, "Wait a minute! <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that sounds familiar." Yeah, and so. well, definitely a reach. You know, we're Minneapolis St. Paul is listed in those yep. credits because you know we had our own branch of that uh, unraveling here. Do we know how many fun. priests in this area? Oh, or? I don't remember offhand. Yeah. It seems like they keep finding a few more. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, it is uh, uh, the the scandal that the movie covers is a huge issue. But I think uh, you know the other thing that I find interesting about this film, you know, it is a period piece. It's mm-hmm. over ten years in the past, and it is in my mind one of the last films of a particular type mm-hmm. uh, because we're not going to see a lot of. Dramas about newspaper investigations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I suppose there's that. Because it's not going to be too long before that's not something that 
a movie-going audience will even be able to understand. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we, we've got, like, major news outlets who don't even pay the people who write for them nowadays. I mean, yeah. Huffington Post doesn't pay anyone. Nope. They're all volunteer. You know, it, and it, it's horrible. You know, yeah. this is a very valuable... Um, uh, career, uh, career, uh, profession <laughs> that is just kind of going by the wayside. Well, it's it's interesting to me. Like I keep thinking about the the deterioration of um, media ethics. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we have Fox News, and you know, they, they nope, they don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually, I I had a job for six months before I couldn't take it anymore. Um, working for a marketing firm. Mm-hmm. that did a lot of their marketing through uh, what they call um, uh, 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 product stories. Oh, So you do, like, you know, these five sleep aids, like five oh. ways that you can sleep, and one of them would be the product just kind of slipped in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, my, I've my seen first, those. My first day on the job, the, the CEO brings me in, and he's like, so, have you heard of Ayn Rand? And I was like, oh, God. No, no, no. Oh, no. this is going to go poorly. <laughs> um, Did he actually say Ayn Rand? He said Ayn Rand, and that's what pissed me off. I'm like, you can't even Anne. pronounce her name right. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> um, seriously, man. What is your fucking problem? It's the, so, it's the, you've read the books, but you haven't talked to other human beings about this person, have you? Right? <laughs> well, and so, I mean, the worst day I ever had on the job was almost an entire day watching Fox News and Bill O'Reilly. Oh. Like, uh, trying to get clips from, from product placement things that we had done. Huh. Right? Oh, goody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, when we talk about uh, media ethics... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of like I it, it has a little little ball of angry hatred <laughs> awfulness just right there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, yeah, the nature of media has changed so dramatically over the tw- oh, last God. twenty years. Oh yeah. yeah, and you know this movie doesn't even comment on it, although it does at yeah. the beginning. You know, there when when Liev Schreiber's character shows up and talks about how the internet is starting to bite into. Their business, you know, yeah. it, it certainly acknowledges what's going to be happening to the newspaper industry in the years that follow what's happening here. Uh, but, I mean, even though they don't say it, there's there's something very interesting about watching a story that's five months of these reporters trying to make sure that they've got their sources accurate, accurate and trying yep. to make sure that once they discover it's 90 priests, the next thing they have to do is make sure that they can actually confirm that those 90 priests right? are guilty yeah. of what they believe they should be guilty of. And we look at, you know, HuffPost is a fine example, but there are a lot of other uh, news uh, agencies where there is no research done and there is no... Mm-hmm real uh because we're in a 24-hour news cycle where reporting the news quickly Mm -hmm. is more important than reporting it accurately yeah uh that you get and i i i have friends who will post something you know that's a huff post article that'll be like oh my god can you believe this and my answer is always no because i don't know if this has been sourced properly the whoever did it has just looked at a bunch of other websites coddled together a story and <clears throat> genuinely has no idea whether or not, and no no care whether or not 
the information that they are providing has any backup to yep. speak of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is this this movie is interesting in that it is showing us something that doesn't happen anymore without right. without commenting on it mm-hmm. without without saying look at what we've lost and I don't even know if that's its intent. Well, I, I, well, definitely uh, the, the few remaining journalists have been celebrating this movie, um, especially since it <laughs> all won the two Oscar. Of them. All, all 12 of them. Actually, actually um, at least one of the people portrayed in this movie is still on the Spotlight team, so it still exists. Nice. Yeah, I know, right? So it's like, it's still there. It's still there. Is there some way we can monetize it and keep it? <laughs> Let's monetize this stuff. They totally monetized it. They, they, they won an Oscar. Yeah, but the, I mean, the thing about journalism is it's doing the, the sort of thing that, you know, law enforcement should be doing, but law enforcement, like, needs you know, like a, a tip to go after it, whereas journalism, journalists can just dig until they find something, you know, yeah. and, and just kind of spread out until they find the story. And they have not necessarily the luxury of time because they have deadlines, but, um, you know, something like Spotlight, you know, as they were describing, you know, they could spend a year on a story and they can just dig into it and find out what really happened. And it, it's... Yeah. uh the, the the structure of the movie, which is probably the way it really happened, because mm-hmm. you know, this this film feels as we discussed, I think, uh, earlier, it, it it is a lot more true to what really happened than your average movie that says based on mm-hmm. sure. based on a true story. You know, they had all of the people that were portrayed in this film on set for considerable amounts of yeah. of the filming. Nice, yeah. Um, so uh, they they I was reading that they had them come in and and they had created a set that was like the Boston Globe offices at the time mm-hmm. and they had the characters come in and basically fix their desks so the desk looked like what Not it the had characters, looked like the actual people the actual, like they like oh they they God. walked into the set and they like just naturally gravitated to their own desk and started rearranging it to the way they actually originally nice. looked oh my god that's Which, yeah. you know these and, they're just touches that mm-hmm. that make you recognize that they're they're going for a certain amount of authenticity which is nice because it feels like the characters in the film recognize the weight of what they're yeah. doing. And it feels like the people making the film also recognize the yeah. weight to the point that they wanted to keep it predominantly accurate. Mm-hmm. But it also, it has this build to it of, they start with a very small story, which is one priest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they realize it's bigger than that, and it's 13 priests. And then they realize it's bigger than that, and it's 90 priests. And then they realize that it's about more than just the abuse, it's about the systemic yep. covering up mm-hmm. of the abuse by the Catholic Church. And I th- I think uh, you look at something like this and you go, well, how's it going to make a really compelling film? How's it going to make a really compelling story? But w- what makes it a compelling story is the way they, they start with this tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And gradually, gradually, you know, sort of branch out to realize how much bigger it is. I also what I find really compelling about this film is there is no threat. Right. Um the only threat is 
that they don't get the story right. Mm-hmm. There's no physical threat. And yeah, it would have been well, really easy because in movies like this... this To have this, like a gunner priest come in. No, like... really easy to just have, you know, one of the characters get, you know, run off the road by, by a black car at some mm-hmm. point. or You know, just, oh, yeah. just something that implies that somebody's providing pressure or trying to scare them into not telling the story. And, you know, not only did that not happen, but it also would have, I think... Hollywoodize the story in a way that would have been yeah. really disappointing. Yeah, I love that the tension that is built it runs solely off of the we need time to build the story and get it right but on the other hand I live around the corner from one of the houses. Right? Yeah. The, <laughs> we the, need to get this out and stop it. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the tension isn't um, about uh, you know the the systemic cover up itself. Although there's yeah. there's there there is some mm-hmm. like you know, but it's it's about your neighbors. It's about yeah. how people around you are going to treat it. It's yeah. and it's it, it's about how it affects you personally, and not just this big evil overlord bad guy like. Urgh. And there and there's something so powerful about the way they drop the hints of this is what they're working against. It's, you know, they're yeah. they're racing against time in terms of uh, we need to f- stop this as fast as possible, but we need to make sure it's right so it works. Yeah. And and, and whether there's... whether it's just, you know, Rachel McAdams turning out into the street after talking to that one priest and oh there's children God. around. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a subtle touch. And, you know, and every once in a while they just drop one of those or, you know, the kids playing... On the playground outside yep. of the church is... And, and the yeah. threat of another yeah. newspaper, you know, breaking the story... Incorrectly. Incor- yeah. it's, it's breaking the story incorrectly. It's basically, if the story gets broken somewhere else first, then the extent of the story is going to get lost. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's, there's, yes, there's... there's professional competition there they they, they want to they want to be able to beat another newspaper but they also recognize that this story has been buried for years mm-hmm. that they yeah. them they they personally have buried it yeah. without even knowing what they were burying yeah and 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 there even have been smaller news outlets taking the story and running with it well before them. I mean, Mm -hmm. the uh, National Catholic Reporter was working on this story and reporting on it for like 17 years by the time Spotlight got to it. And, and, you know, it's even referenced in the film, you know, that that line about, uh, have you read Jerry Berry's book or whatever his name was? He was from National Catholic Reporter. And, but it it, it's such a small outlet you know they yeah. didn't have the resources to really strongly pursue it, and they didn't have the audience that the Boston Globe does, so it it just didn't catch fire. And the Spotlight team digging it up and actually putting the proper work into it putting that that rolled enough it that rolled enough gravel downhill that it created the avalanche and and so. and having enough power behind them, yeah, being as big as they are, yeah. right? They're they're um, one of the biggest newspapers in the United States. Yeah. They're they have one of the more extensive readerships and that kind of thing. I feel mm-hmm. like the real lesson here is with great power comes great responsibility. Ding, ding, ding. That's, <laughs> that's right. This, oh, is, right this, is, this is why Peter Parker is a hero even when he's not yeah. Spider-Man. Right. Because because he is shining a light on mm-hmm. uh, as a news... Yeah. <laughs> news <laughs> um, so... Uh, 
Let's see other things uh, that I mean. This film won Best Picture, which yeah. was a very big surprise. Yeah, um, it, it it everybody was. <laughs> it, it was kind of a quiet little movie, you know. Nobody made mm-hmm. a lot of noise out of it about mm-hmm. it, but people who did see it was like, "Wow, that is really good." It and won, it, and it's not a flashy movie. It's, no, it's not. not at all. It's very subtle, very quiet. Yeah, it won the Screen Actors Guild Award for cast, which yeah. is essentially the Screen Actors Guild Best Picture Award. Yeah, which makes sense when you consider the ensemble nature of the cast. It was actually. I think, well, Rachel McAdams yep. was nominated. Uh, Mark Ruffalo was nominated. Yep. I don't think Keaton was. No. No. Not, and, and, and there's some question as to whether Keaton would have been supporting her or in the supporting yeah. her in the best actor category. Right? Yeah, everybody's Because I feel like everybody supporting. in that film is supporting. Yeah. yeah. And there easily could have been four other people mm-hmm. in that film because everybody is really, really solid. It's very well right. acted. Um, nobody's over... <laughs> Overselling, although uh, although funny, he, Ruffalo has the one moment, it's like, oh, oh there's God. your Oscar moment thing. Yeah. There, 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 it was actually funny. Yeah, we were watching the movie the night before the Oscars, and we got to that scene, and I turned to Pat and I said, "I bet, bet we'll be seeing that in the Oscars yep. ceremony tomorrow." And, and oh, sure enough, that was the scene. <laughs> was. Oh. Um, the uh, the score is super understated. Oh mm-hmm. my God! Yeah, um, this is this film shot digitally, which yep. is. Uh, only the second film that's been shot digitally Correct. that has won an Oscar. I'm not sure mm. what the first is. Um, oh, but I gotta think. It's got to be within the last ten years. <laughs> Man, uh, it, it, it might very well have been Birdman. Just it could have been Birdman. The, I I didn't look it up. I I knew I knew it would come up, and I f- forgot to look it up. Dun, but dun, but dun. I'm, I think it may have been Birdman just because of the demands of of how they filmed it. But this is but. A, but uh, Michael Keaton had back-to-back best pictures. He did <laughs> because and, of Birdman. <laughs> and and it's interesting because uh, the the film that was you know kind of the the eight hundred pound gorilla, which we'll probably have to watch at some point, The Revenant. Yeah. Uh, won a ton of other awards that would have suggested it was going to win. Oh yeah, best and picture. everybody was thinking Revenant was going to win. Inaratu won best director, and, yeah. for, and he won best director for the second year in a row because he was the director of Birdman last year. Yeah, uh, his cinematographer, whose name escapes me. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, okay, it's it's out of my brain. Won sorry. his <laughs> third consecutive. Yeah. Uh, Academy Award because he as well he should well when you think about the three different movies mm-hmm. that they were because the first film was Gravity yeah mm. the second film was Birdman yeah. and then The Revenant and the three movies could not be more different mm-hmm. in right. the way they are shot mm-hmm. and in the challenges that shooting present yeah uh, it, it just it, it kind of blows my mind that one guy shot all three of those films <laughs> because there 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 are cinematographers that you know that you can just like you can recognize their fingerprints all over it oh yeah and this guy man he is a chameleon when it comes he just mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. just uh just kills it when it comes to shooting but anyway he so, didn't work on this he didn't, but anyway <laughs> Never mind. It's all right. Well, it's I thought right. we were going to talk about him because I, I thought for sure it was going to be Revenant. But anyway. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, we, we probably should watch it at some point. But uh, Oh, I have an idea. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I can work this. I think I can work this. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, coming back to Spotlight, um, 
yeah, it, quiet. And I'm always so impressed by movies like this where they're not flashy and they just have that, you know, you can recognize they're so good. And and this is a movie that runs almost completely on the power of its acting and its script. Oh, yeah. The script is amazing. When, uh, okay, the guy who directed the movie... I believe screenplay is uh, the other Oscar at one. Yes, it is. It yeah. is. Um, this is the first movie in like over 50 years uh the last time a movie that on that one best picture only won two oscars was the greatest show on earth in like 1952 hmm. so you know usually when a film wins best picture it just picks up a whole bunch of other awards because it's a very well-made movie sure. but this it was just a strange oscar year this year so like well, but a, i mean when you look you at know. this movie what are the things that are really truly notable excellent script i mean it's not yeah. like flashy cinematography it's not right. going to win for that Excellent script. It wins for a script. Acting. It's nominated for acting, but yeah. acting is so finicky. Finicky. Mm -hmm. um, and and the, the you kind of go well. What else would you nominate it for? Yeah, really. It's um, true. It's true. But uh, anyway, go on. Uh, well, director actually, but director. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom McCarthy uh, is the director, and Tom McCarthy is an interesting guy because he's an actor, a writer, and a director. So he wrote the script with uh, Josh Singer, who was one of the staff writers on The West Wing. Ooh. Imagine that. But uh, Tom McCarthy is the director and uh, writer of Station Agent. If uh, I've seen the Station Agent, yeah, yeah, which is a completely different type of film. Sorry. Yeah, it's quite a. It's, it, <laughs> it's what, what do we want to call it? Quirky. Yeah, the quirky it's a little, quirky little a film. Quirky little movie. <laughs> uh, Tom McCarthy also worked on the script for Up. Oh, yeah, wow. Pixar's Up. And uh, as an actor, he's you know yeah, he appears here and there. He was in Good Night and Good Luck and Syriana and. Uh, just, just you know, yeah, you know, shows up. He has directed three actors to not Oscar nominations, two of them for this movie, and uh, the other one being Richard Jenkins for The Visitor. Richard Jenkins, yes, who is awesome, and apparently he uh, played one of the. You hear his voice in this movie. He's not credited, but he's on. He's uh, the, on the he's phone. the ex priest. That's the one that's the, like. Yeah. Like 13 priests? Well, that sounds low. That sounds low. I, I love that scene. I can't <laughs> say I love that scene when you're like, when he's like, that's, that, that, that sounds low. It should be about 6%. And, yeah. and it's like 90 priests. 90 priests. Yeah, that's about right. And it's, it's, it's such an understated scene, and yet watching it, you're like, it's horrifying. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this... 13 priests, that sounds, no, that's low. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, it's yeah. horrifying. It's, it's horrifying. Just, it's terrible. Oh my god, the two most oh. horrifying scenes in that movie were that. Yeah. And when uh, um, Hulk was, I can't think of his <laughs> Mark Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, when he was walking out of the office and the two kids were there uh -huh. at the lawyers. Yeah. I'm like oh, oh god. Oh god. <sighs> it's like just rip you apart right yeah. there. Well, it, when two the, weeks earlier. Two weeks earlier. Two weeks maybe. earlier. Yeah. The I think yeah. it was when they were accepting the Oscar for screenplay. One of the people said one of the one of the guys who received it said something like, you know, we have to make sure this doesn't happen again. And I'm like, it's, it's, what are you talking about? It's still going on. It's still it's happening. still happening. Well, I mean, the, the, it, the cardinal said, law who they sh who who they they show in this movie is so clearly aware of what's going on, yeah. and then in the, and then they show at the end what genuinely happened to him, which is yes, he had to step down and he was appointed to a much more prestigious post yeah, in, in the Rome. Catholic Church, and he and he served out his time. He retired. At age 80 he's still living in italy he's st he hasn't returned to america to you know face boston again he's just mm. you know it, 
the the church yeah but i hear italy is awful so. yeah well yeah, yeah. it's it's it's, it's rough horrible. it's got to be rough yeah for... he's hanging out in italy fighting against uh letting women have stronger roles in the church so you know yeah, he's still gross he's an still asshole an asshole mm. um <laughs> and still covering up god so um well, it, it, uh, and one of those priests, I saw one of the statistics, there was one of those priests in that list that Spotlight uncovered. He alone molested 130 children. Yeah. One of those guys. And he would get caught, and they would reassign him, him to around. another parish, and he would get caught again. And there was never a moment when anybody said, maybe what we need to do is stop protecting him. Yeah. And start protecting the kids. Yes. Whoa, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's crazy talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, this is the, it's the kind of movie that makes you mad. Oh, yeah. 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 It just, you're just like, Ugh. how could they do this? Mm-hmm. How <laughs> could they call themselves uh, <laughs> godly d- people? Yeah, that is that is the thing that pisses me off on a very deep level. Well, and, and you know, there are hints of how it could happen, you know, mm-hmm. in, in talking to the, uh, the psychologist over the phone, psychologist, psychiatrist, psych- psycho- psychotherapist. I think he was a psychiatrist. Yeah, anyway. Uh, the, that guy. It, he, he was, was a He was going, yeah, that, you know, it's, it's about this many because, you know, they're, you know, the, they're sexually stunted, you know, the, you know, in the, the priest in this environment, you know, tends to drive all these sexual feelings underground mm-hmm. and it's just a common thing. It's a pattern. Yeah. And, and now, and, now and factu- people, to be fair, but, but factually, mm-hmm. the number of priests who are pedophiles as a percentage is about the same as in the general population. The yeah. problem is the church yeah. covered it up. Right. Yep. Didn't bring right. them to justice. Didn't take them out of an environment where they would be around children mm-hmm. exactly. and allowed them to do it again. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and and it's possible, you know, a, uh, you know, I, I haven't studied up on this phenomenon but it's possible you know that that is a profession that people who are looking to get closer to kids go into or people who have these urges and you know see you know basically see the demon in themselves therefore you know they turn yeah. to god you know effort to cure themselves they, they and then they just kind of down and it goes poorly and yeah. then it just goes in a mad cycle and yeah. so uh yeah, so what else about the film do you need to tell us? Okay, there, well, we'll, we'll, we'll lighten it up a little <laughs> bit. She's got her notes. Okay. She's yeah. got her notes. Yeah, I do, I do, notes. I do. Um, so this was, uh, you know, we've been praising the script left and right. Uh, this was a script that was written in 2013, and after it was written, it was on the, the blacklist, not the, the Hollywood blacklist from the 1940s and 1950s. This is the, the black space list, which goes around every year and is basically the top 10 scripts that are circulating Hollywood that nobody has touched yet. So it's, uh, you know, scripts that are uh, hard to produce or, no, you know, a studio might look at it and go, that's really good. We have no idea how to make it. We won't buy it. So it was one of those scripts that was circulating for a few years before somebody took on the project. And boom! boom best picture! Bam! <laughs> Oscars! Yay! Yay! We've uh, got statues. Yeah. Um, also, this this film won the very first Veritas Award, which was awarded by the LA Press Club, and it's basically a a film award for uh, films that are based on a true story. And it's the mm-hmm. the film that is both 
best on for, from an artistic standpoint, but also truest to what actually happened. To what happened. actually happened, yeah. And they had a runner-up of Bridge of Spies, which was nice to hear. Which is also nominated for Best Picture and also a fine film. Very good film. Uh, and that know, one that one uh, beat Mark Ruffalo for Best Supporting uh, that, Actor. Yeah, and also beat uh, Sylvester Stallone, who yeah. was expected to win. But yeah. Mark Rylance, yay! Uh, yo, he was so good in that movie, too. Yes, um, he was. He was worth it. So, yeah, the... Uh, you know, we had talked about how true the actors were trying to be to their counterparts in real life. Um, so, and a lot of people were hanging out and said, uh, Mike Rosendes actually appears in the movie. Um, he's at the baseball game when they're talking. Oh, nice. He's like behind them, I, th- I think it is. Oh, very cool. But uh, Mike Rosendes uh, is the guy who's still on Spotlight. He still works for the Boston Globe. Okay. Um, he, so he, he was uh, Mark Ruffalo's counterpart. The, the Portuguese guy. Yeah. And he, he was um, he was on set the most, as I gather, and Ruffalo on breaks would go to him and say, okay, how do you say this line? How do you say this line? You just watch the real guy, and then, all right, I got it. Nice. <laughs> um, and also, um, Walter Robinson, who Michael Keaton was playing, was mm-hmm. also one of the people who was around a lot, and Michael Keaton apparently just had an uncanny handle on how he looked and sounded and acted. Nice. Um, Walter Robinson was going around saying, it's like I'm looking in a mirror, but I can't control the reflection. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's got to be the creepiest thing ever. I know, right? And uh, I had uh, nightmares like that. Yeah, and Keaton spent a long time... um, He he wasn't sure he was going to take the role at first because he's like, how do I do a Boston accent? I'm not good at a Boston accent. And he met uh, Walter Robinson in real life, and he goes, oh, he doesn't really have one, except when he's talking to people from his neighborhood. And then he kind of lapses into it. Hmm, okay, so how do I do this? Nice. Uh, so yeah. yeah, apparently it was just. No, okay. I, I thought Keaton really killed it in that. Oh in yeah. That oh, he was fantastic. Well, really everybody was. was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually got some trivia on uh, the reporters too. So Walter Robinson uh, has been. He's still at the Globe. He's uh, been there since 1972, and he spent seven years on Spotlight. Oh, wow. um, Mike Rosendes, like I said, he's still on Spotlight. Uh, Sasha Pfeiffer, who um, Rachel McAdams was playing. Um, is now uh, one of the hosts of All Things Considered. Oh, And nice. she works yeah. for NPR um, at the uh, Boston okay. station. sure. And uh, she keeps getting, uh, collecting Murrow Awards for her journalistic work on the radio. Nice. Oh, uh, by the way, the whole Spotlight team for this investi- for the investigation we just watched won a Pulitzer Prize. Yeah, I was disappointed yeah. they didn't mention that yeah, at the end of like, the film. I'm damn. like, damn. That's kind of fucking important. That's big. Really? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know, maybe they wanted the focus to be on the story. Rather yeah, I than think because they go, go through the trouble of showing yeah. you know, how many cities have uncovered the same kind of cover up. It's like they, they they clearly were focused more on on the story than they on on the the actions of the Catholic Church than on the on the actions yeah. of the reporters. Right. So you know. Uh, right. Fair, but they still should have mentioned it. Anyway, yeah, they, go yeah. on. Yeah. So Marty Baron, uh, the guy who was p- being played by Leah Shriver, um, he he was, uh, you know, like they showed in the film, he came from the Miami Herald in 2001. He had just started there. And then he worked there until uh, 2012, and he's now at the Washington Post. 
Um, He'll probably fire some people there, too. God. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben Bradley Jr., who was uh, uh, John Slatterly, the, uh, the guy with the whitish hair. Yeah. Um, he was the son of uh, Ben Bradley, who was the Washington Post executive editor for the Watergate investigation. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and his dad was played by Jason Robards in All the President's Men. Wow. Nice. <laughs> uh, he, uh, so... Ben Bradley Jr. was at the Globe for 25 years. Um, I think he retired very recently. And then um, then you've got Matt Carroll, who was the tech head dude, the, the guy putting together the, the databases. He was played by Brian Darcy James, who was the one person in this cast who wasn't really a star, but he's more of a stage guy. Huh. Sure. Um, he was at the Globe from like 1987 to 2014, and now he's at the MIT Media Lab. He's a... Uh, research scientist there oh nice yeah so he he was basically the uh database reporting specialist at the boston globe for years and years and years so he was he was just the the tech head guy you know their first nice. website he put it together oh yeah yeah yay tech so, yeah. dudes yay so impressive yeah. group of people yeah really mm-hmm. really so you know before we go mm-hmm. i have to explain the musical interlude Oh God! So because we're getting closer. Uh, so, oh God! So so what you heard was Neil Diamond's "Heartlight." Now oh, I'm just I'm just I put it there because after we watched Spotlight, I couldn't help it. I had that damn song going through my head. So I kept I kept singing to Pat, you know, turn on your spotlight, and um, <laughs> and I said, and Pat was like, why are you doing this? And and I and I said, you know, you know, a bit of trivia about the song Heartlight by Neil Diamond is the song is about E.T. <laughs> and she's like. No, it's not. And I said, yes, it really is. The heart light is E.T.'s <laughs> heart light. And Neil Diamond was inspired to write the song, Turn On Your Heart Light, because of E.T. And Pat was absolutely insistent I was wrong. So I had to go out onto the internet and prove... They actually had to pay... pay uh, I forget what, what the studio was that produced E.T. But they had to pay that studio $25,000 for using the concept of from from the film for the song and i wouldn't even have had this conversation with pat had i not watched this movie and that's <laughs> that's why i use it as the transition music so now and then i asked you about the kenny loggins heartlight song which which is which was, not based on, <laughs> which is not based on et even though people thought it was no it's, it's based not. on a school yeah it's based in on california school in called heartlight which yeah. So, uh, my point is, dear listeners, from now on, whenever you think of this movie Spotlight, that song is going to be in your head. And I know because I mentioned it to Melissa the last time we were recording, and I'm pretty sure it's probably been in her head ever since. Because I can tell by the look on her face that that's true. It's true. So, just think, you know. God damn it. Turn on your spotlight. And it might help you not be so annoyed about the priests abusing children <laughs> and the cover-up by the Catholic Church. It might help you you get find a little equilibrium uh, there. Or it might piss you off more because it's such a terrible terrible song so uh having shared that story i'm gonna go to final thoughts jenna 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 what the fuck all right jenna final thoughts about Um, spotlight the uh the towers 
the the Porsche twin towers. yeah the mm-hmm. twin towers where they just like you're you're looking and and there's like you look at that uh, they just had the the tv screen up and you're like oh 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 i know exactly it's when t- this 2001 took place. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and the and, interesting thing is, as awful as that is, what you're sitting there thinking it's awful for is it's like, fuck, it just put off this right? other story by another month. Mm-hmm. But what was interesting to me about that was was the, the reactions in the room. Yeah. Like, huh. Well, that's what it was well, like. All right, at- let's go do it. <laughs> like, it was like, fuck. Well, I remember that's what it was like at work that day. <laughs> I actually was was in for surgery that day, uh, so I come out of it and BJ was like, "The towers are gone," and I'm like, uh, "Cool." I don't I don't even know. I'm still like coming mm-hmm. down off of anesthetics. Like, mm. yeah, all right. Yeah, but I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Leah Schreiber's response. It's so. It's like it's yeah. exactly what a news newspaper editor would do. Takes a moment to absorb it and then yep. says, "Get every single yep. reporter that we have yeah, into we the this. office right now." I love Liev Schreiber's uh, oh. performance in this. Oh, so, uh, very yeah. understated. Oh, yeah. Again, yeah. very understated. Yeah. But, uh, but it feels like a real person. You I know? mean, that, uh-huh. the scene yeah. he has with Cardinal Law. Oh, it's yeah. just like Law oh. is so friendly and at the same time a complete prick. Mm-hmm. Yep. And 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 applying really subtle pressure mm-hmm. on on. On, on Schreiber that that he basically just kind of deflects. He's like, that's not how it's going to work. Yep. And yep. then he gives him a catechism. <laughs> the catechism oh that he worked on. The, the yes. Law yeah, worked Cardinal on. Law yeah. had, had worked oh on. All right, uh, it Melissa, was like the first catechism in like 400 years or something like that. Wow. It was just, uh, Melissa, final thoughts. Oh boy, I have so many of them. <laughs> okay, so we can actually describe this movie as Batman... The Hulk, Sabretooth, <laughs> Howard Stark, and whoever Rachel McAdams is playing in Doctor Strange team up against right? Dr. Mac- Manhattan because he's the bad lawyer. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and don't oh forget, there's god. also Muerte. 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 Stanley Tucci. <laughs> yeah, as a, like a supporting cast member. Muerte. Muerte. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, also, 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 did you know that Mark Ruffalo used to have a brain tumor? I huh. didn't know that. Yeah, it's kind of why his face acts a little funky sometimes. He had like facial paralysis for a while after oh, wow. they removed the brain tumor. Mostly recovered. And now he's Oscar-nominated actor. Oscar. Yeah. And not even his first Oscar nomination. Yeah. Nominated. Well, he's a very good actor. Because he's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. So my final thought is to talk about what we're going to watch next. What we're going to watch next uh, has been mentioned. We are going to watch All the President's Men. Yay! For Yay. our next film. Uh, Go Jason Bobards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time we get together to record, Jenna will remember none. I really yes. won't. None of this. So she I still won't, won't know anything about thing. the movie that's coming up. Wait, is this one going to be about Broadway? No. God damn it. I'm going to say yes. Just, mm. just, You're an just asshole. to fuck with you. <laughs> what about Hollywood? I'm no. going to say yes again. You're dick. If, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna figure out a way. Figure oh it my out. god, it's like oh, no, six degrees not. of Kevin Bacon. I will find a way to make this connect. I'll oh, find like a way to Wikipedia make this game. about Broadway. Oh, All right. yeah. oh, we can make it about Kevin Bacon, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we can that's make easy. everything about uh, Kevin Bacon. All yeah. right. Have I'm, we not done a film with Kevin Bacon? How is that even possible? We have. 
What? What did we do? Planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, that's right. Okay. Which is ah. my link on the Kevin Bacon <laughs> number. I have a Kevin Bacon number of two. Oh. Because I was in Trekkies 2 with Richard Hurd, and Richard Hurd was in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with Kevin Bacon. Hey, I was in Trekkies 2, I think. Yes. I'm in Trekkies 2. Yes, you are. High five. Yay. You had no idea you were that close to Kevin Bacon. I had no idea I was that close to Kevin Bacon. I'll have to write him. (laughs) I'll write him a note. All right. Best buds. Dear Kevin, I am only one removed from you. (laughs) That makes us best buddies. (laughs) I'm coming over to your place. Excellent. With Richard Hurd. I hope your wife can cook. Anyway. (laughs) Or you can cook, to be fair. Uh, Well, his name is Bacon. Right? Anything he makes has to be delicious. If he's a vegetarian, I will be so (laughs) Oh, my God. That would be sad. (laughs) We need to do a proper bacon movie at some point, though. We do. All right. So, uh, rambling on and on. But uh, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed uh, this episode. We hope you enjoyed Spotlight, which uh, may have been a surprise film to win Best Picture, but uh, really an excellent film. Yes. Well chosen. uh, if, uh, if you know any priests engaging in abuse, please report them to the proper oh authorities. Don't report them to the church because the church will just cover it up. So right. that's the lesson that we learned from this film. Thanks very much, and we'll catch <laughs> you right. next time. Thanks. <laughs> that get dark. Uh. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.